the good old days of 30 caps or 20 caps are really gone. They're down to four or five or six or seven caps if you buy a condo right now. But there's still deals to be had. And I think if you're a long-term investor, you just dollar cost average over the years and you're going to be fine eventually. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Brian Doyle. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm so good, man. Super glad to talk to you, Theo. No, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation as well. A little bit about Brian. He works full-time with Marietta Drapery and Window Coverings while investing part-time. He has 23 years of real estate experience, and his portfolio consists of 65 units. He is based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and you can say hi to him at his email address, which is Brian at Doyle Property Group, D-O-Y-L-E, propertygroup.com. 
So Brian, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? First of all, thanks for having me, Theo. I've been a fan of you guys and the show for a while, so it's an honor to be here. If you go way back, I think I learned a long time ago that it's super fun to be in a position to be able to provide your own value and create value on your own. And then I learned that in Cub Scouts, believe it or not. That was a long time ago, but they told me in Cub Scouts, they said, hey, whoever sells the most popcorn for our fundraiser will win a bike. And I literally remember the moment they said that I stood up or at least perked up and I said, whoa, what did you guys just say? Whoever sells the most popcorn can win a bike. I never had in my life had an opportunity to trade something, which was my time for something of value. And I told everybody, I'm going to win that bike. And every single person I looked at and every single person I talked to, including all the leaders and all the other Cub Scout people, they're like, whoa, there's a lot of people in Colorado Springs. There's a lot of competition. You don't want to set your expectations too high because you don't want to be disappointed and all this stuff. And I literally said, I'm going to win that bike. I went out every day for three weeks and I canvassed the neighborhood from right after school till nine o'clock at night. And I won the bike and it was awesome. And it was the first time in my life that I'd really set a goal and accomplished the goal, which was fantastic. So I learned from that moment, I was like, I never want to work at a job where I punch a clock that isn't commission-based. And it was super fun. So transition from there, I obviously grew up. I went to college and I really liked the idea of Domino's Pizza. Domino's Pizza, they've got thousands of stores worldwide. And they started with two brothers. And one brother wanted to get out of the pizza business after they owned their first store. And the other brother bought him out and gave him the company car, which was a VW Bug. And I think that was an interesting story because Basically, this guy who wanted immediate results got this Volkswagen bug, and the other guy who had a little bit more foresight, now he owns thousands of stores across the country, so it's fantastic. So I like that. I like the long game of things. I did buy a house in college. While I owned that house, I moved to Vail as a ski instructor, and I really learned at that point the passive versus active income pretty cool to be a ski instructor out in Colorado and have a property in Duluth, Minnesota that I was still making income off of. So that was pretty fun. And then after that, I came back and I bought another house from my wife's landlord. And I was sitting over there one day and the landlord comes over and the bathroom is leaking into the kitchen and he's just swearing up a storm and he hates this house. I hate college students. I hate my life. I went over there and I said, hey, dude, why don't I buy this from you? I was only about 21. And the guy's like, yeah, man, I'd be happy to sell it to you. And I bought that house and I made 9000 per year, basically, off that house of net income. And $9,000 per year is kind of a magic number, if you ask me, Theo. And the reason is, is because there's about 9,000 hours in one year. So if you can find a property that makes $9,000 a year, you're making about a dollar an hour which doesn't sound like a lot, right? But the fact that I can go to bed and wake up $8 richer every single night is just something that blows my mind. And that was one investment 20 years ago. So it's just fantastic. So anyways, $9,000 is super fun. Warren Buffett says you got to find a way to make money in your sleep or you're going to work till you die. And that was that deal. So kind of speed forward a little bit. I got a job, got laid off from that job, got another job. 
And I still have that last job. And the reason I think probably a lot of listeners have jobs and a couple of things you got to ask yourself, you got to say, number one is my job flexible in time. If your job's flexible in time, it's a fantastic job to have a side real estate business. The other thing that you got to focus on is does your job allow you to work with other people in the real estate business? So my job, I sell blinds to apartment buildings and I sell drapes to hotels. Well, what a great opportunity. And I sought that job out specifically because it worked in the real estate industry. If you have a job right now that isn't in the real estate industry, you might consider becoming a vendor or something else in the real estate industry, which what you might finally want to do because I get a chance to talk to other apartment owners all day, every day about their blinds. So it's a really helpful thing. So speed forward from all that, now I've got 65 units. Most of those are condos. I have about 50 condos. The reason that condos are interesting, if somebody's thinking about buying a condo, it's nice because you only handle the stuff that's inside your unit. So you don't have to handle all the other stuff, which is fantastic. It's a hard way to grow your business because every single deal, you're negotiating a new deal. So that's kind of crazy. It takes a long time to grow to 65 units because you got to negotiate 65 different contracts. And then I also have one little restaurant that I own that I lease out, restaurant building. And I'm a limited partner in about 500 units, which is about eight other deals, which is another good way to get involved with real estate if you're you're not in it currently. So that's the quick and dirty where I'm at right now, Theo. Thanks for sharing that. And I like your comments about getting a job in real estate. A good way to get started in real estate is to transition from whatever job you're doing now to a full-time job in real estate. So thanks for sharing that. When it comes to flexibility, so the other aspect is, is it flexible in time? Do you mind elaborating on that a little bit? Do you mean that you're not working nine to five or you're able to work less than the traditional 40 hours per week? What do you mean by a job that's flexible in time? Well, I should step back for one second. I think what you need to do in any job or any sales transaction or anything is you've been cut a landlord tenant. You need to provide more value than that person expects. If my job expects me to, in my job, sell a million dollars a year worth of blinds, I'm going to go out and I'm going to sell $4 million a year worth of blinds. And the reason I'm going to do that is number one, I'm probably on commission based. Number two is that I want to provide more value than they expect. And when you do that, you create a situation where that company is willing to let you do your own thing. I was a sales manager for that company. I'm no longer a sales manager just because it was just a lot of stuff. But when I was about 30, I was a sales manager. I'm 42 now. And you always micromanage the people at the bottom, right? The people at the top, you don't have time for. You're too busy managing the micro people at the bottom. So if I'm on the top as a salesperson or accountant or whatever I'm doing, a property manager or a leasing agent, I'm going to give that person flexibility because they provide so much value to my organization, right? So I think you create flexibility in your job, not because you work less, but because, hey, if I need to run out and go look at an apartment building for sale, it's no big deal because they know I'm going to get my stuff done. So that's what I mean by flexibility, I guess. So essentially get a job, work really hard at the job so that your boss isn't constantly asking you what you're doing. And so you spend time doing real estate on the side, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, perfect. 
So you said that you own a restaurant, you do condos, and then you invest in eight, I'm assuming apartment deals as an LP. Of those three, which is your main focus? Which part of your business do you focus on the most? Condo deals. The condo deals? Maybe walk us through what types of things you're doing outside of work in order to grow that condo business. Well, in 2003, I bought a condo for $120,000 from a friend of mine. I bought it cash. I didn't have all the cash for it. I only had about half the cash. So I asked my dad, I said, hey, dad, will you give me $50,000 so I can buy this condo? So he became 50-50 partner with me on it, right? And what happened then is I bought a fourplex and then I sold it and all this other stuff in 2005. And then 2008 comes around. And that same condo that I bought for a 120 was now worth about 45000 Most people say that's a terrible, sad story, but that's not a terrible, sad story. That's the greatest story ever because all of a sudden I knew exactly what that property would rent for. I knew the association. I knew everything about condos. So then I tried to buy every single one I could get my hands on because the numbers worked when I bought it at 120. They're going to work just even better at 45,000. So that's what really happened between 2008 and now is that I bought every condo I could afford. And most of my properties are owned free and clear, mainly because if you're going to buy a $30,000 condo, it's hard to go get a mortgage for $30,000. The paperwork isn't worth it. And the closing costs probably would be 10% of the deal. So I would just go and I would save up money and I would buy a condo and then I'd save up more money and I'd buy a condo. And I never would have this lifestyle creep where, oh, now I make more money than I made last year. I'm going to go buy a new thing. No, I kept reinvesting into real estate. Are you still able to buy condos at this price point now? Yeah, I didn't didn't think so. So are you still buying them cash now? Are you on hold? It is the most interesting thing in the world right now. It feels like 2005 again to me, honestly, because in 2005, I sold a fourplex in a not a super great area of Minneapolis for 400,000. And I had bought it for 135 four years earlier. And I was like, what do I do with this money? Because I don't want to go buy another fourplex for 400,000. That's the reason I just sold my fourplex for 400,000. So right now, all of that same condo that was at 120 went to 45, and now it's probably about 135 right now, okay? So it's just getting back to the previous values. So right now, it's tough. What I'm doing now is I'm networking with every single person I know. There's a ton of nuances with condos and the fact that they're not mortgageable sometimes if one owner owns more than 10% of the building or there's over 50% rentals in the property, or if there's too much retail in the property. So a lot of these people are kind of willing to just sell for less than fair market because they have a hard time getting out of them. Now I'm going to have the same hard time getting out of mine. So I haven't really figured out that exit strategy quite yet, but I think I'll package them and sell them to one investor. But people are still willing to negotiate. So no, the good old days of 30 caps or 20 caps are really gone. They're down to four or five or six or seven cap if you buy a condo right now. But there's still deals to be had. And I think if you're a long-term investor, you just dollar cost average over years and you're going to be fine eventually. Okay, Brian, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I really, really think you need to get on the same page with your spouse as far as spending your money goes. I think a ton of people want to buy properties that don't have any money or they got 10,000 bucks and this is what they have. And if they lose it, they're screwed because they're living paycheck to paycheck because they're leasing cars and all this stuff. 
You've got to have weekly or at least monthly budget, what I call parties with your spouse. You got to call them budget parties, by the way. Nobody wants to go to a meeting. Everybody wants to go to a party. So go have some budget parties and figure out how you're going to get on the same page and start saving money so you can start investing. And you do weekly budget parties with your spouse? (laughs) We sure try. You know, (laughs) it gets busy in the summertime. So we hit about every other one of them, but she kind of puts up with it. She's been nice to entertain me and I'm kind of the nerd of the group. So she's nice enough to show up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you guys just go over what was spent that week and what was necessarily spent and what was unnecessarily spent? It's just basically where are we at, where are we going to go? And it's good just to get onto the same page, just to have a meeting with your spouse, because you got to be on the same page, not even just for your budget, but just in general. But it's good to look at things and say, where do we want to spend money? Where do we not want to spend money? We're both all about experiences. So it's like, okay, well, let's quote unquote overspend on this travel. And then let's talk about it. Is it really worth it to go out to dinner tonight? I'd rather spend that on something else. So Honestly, it's great because you maximize the value and the fun out of every dollar rather than just kind of haphazardly going through life and then coming back and saying, oh, well, what did we do? So it's a worth it activity, in my opinion. All right, Brian, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I am, man. Okay, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com. Okay, Brian, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Well, the most recent book I read, one of my favorite books, is a book by Gary Tharlson. It's his Gary Tharlson story. It's Open Secrets of Success, available on Amazon. He is the richest guy in North Dakota. He built a hotel empire all on his own. He didn't syndicate anything. He did it all on his own. Bootstrapped the whole deal. Got up to about 350 hotels. Sold some of them. And he's just a fantastic, down-to-earth, hard-working guy. If your business were to collapse today, your real estate business, what would you do next? Well, probably the honest answer is I'd probably just start it over again. But the more fun thing I would like to think I'd do is I'd go buy a sailboat and just sail around the Caribbean for a while. Nice. Out of all the deals you've done, what's the best deal you've done? The best deal I ever did was I wanted to buy eight condos from a guy and we negotiated a price and he said, let's get this done. We're all ready to close. And he said, I can't close on these because my accountant says I'll owe 170000 in tax. So rather than just walking away from the deal, we created a master lease option and I did that with $50,000 down and I make $25,000 per year off that deal as 50 cap. And if and when he's ready to sell or passes away, one of the two, I will then buy them from him for a pre-negotiated price. What's the best ever way you like to give back? My favorite way to do it is if a tenant's struggling, it's probably because they have a low financial education. I pay for tenants to go through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. And one tenant did that and he really turned his life around and he credits me with turning his life around. And now he's a manager at a pizza hut or a Domino's, I guess. 
And he isn't a renter anymore, but he really credits me with turning his life around, which I didn't do anything other than pay for him to go to that class. And I pay for anybody to go to that class that is willing to go. It's kind of fun. I've never heard that before. That's very interesting. Yeah. It's only $100 to go to the class. It's like mm-hmm. free. And if, if I can be that little push, it's kind of fun. Is it online or is it in person? In person and online. There's okay. Two ways. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? And then anything else you want to say to end the interview? I appreciate that, Theo. The best way to get all of me is in my email address for sure. It's brian at doylepropertygroup.com. I think you said you'd put that in the show notes. I guess I'd end with, if there's one takeaway, is you've got to provide more value than people expect. One thing we do is if a tenant has a leak or something like that, we call them up, we send them a $25 Starbucks car, we say thank you to them constantly, we're sorry that that happened. Even if it's not our fault, we do that because that's how people want to be treated. And if your job expects one thing, just do a little bit more. If your customer expects one thing, do a little bit more. You're going to always have success if you just do more than other people. Perfect, Brian. Well, thanks again for joining us and sharing your best ever advice. Some of the biggest takeaways that I got, and I'm sure the best ever listeners got as well, is your thoughts on the job. So I know a lot of people, when they get interested in real estate, the first thing they think about is how can I quit my job? And I like your approach better, which is to figure out how you can continue to work at your job while at the same time being able to work in real estate because having a job, you got income coming in, you're more attractive to lenders that the route you want to go as opposed to just quitting your job. You're not going to be able to get a loan. You're not going to have any money coming in. So your advice is to create a lot more value than what your company expects and don't be one of the people at the bottom that gets micromanaged and gets calls and emails from your boss all the time. Instead, if you provide more value than they expect, if you're doing a commission-based job and make more money, but you'll have more flexibility to spend on growing your real estate business and they can use that money in order to grow even faster. And then the second thing you said about the budget party with your spouse, or I guess even if you don't have a spouse, you can do your budget party by yourself to see where you're spending your money each week and to see if there's ways you can reduce your spending to save up more money to buy more real estate. And then you also went into your philosophy on buying condos, which is also very interesting. So Brian, thanks again for joining us. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo.